In response, a legacy podcast is sponsored by greatness at any cost.com. Welcome to the sixth episode of In Response, a legacy podcast. I'm Philip Klein. And I'm Daniel. And today we are just two of us. Yeah. We are missing our third co-host of our podcast. Yeah, Peter is in is on vacation in Italy, as far as I know. Yeah, where exactly? Did he uh, told you? No, we don't. <laughs> I thought he told you. <laughs> no, but, I have uh, no clue where. So, the... <laughs> but I, I think he, he's on vacation with his girlfriend. Yeah, he, yeah. he said he's with his better half. And he, and he sent us a really nice picture of some... Amazing uh, Italian breakfast with his amazing uh, Italian coffee. Yeah, that's what uh, that that's what he sent us. So I think uh, he had uh, he has a pretty uh, nice time. So um, I, I'm a little bit jealous, but that's okay. But we can at least uh, record our episode. Yeah, so of course. And we got uh, we have to do what we uh, what we have to do, and. <laughs> uh, at first, uh, we are going through our uh, l listener questions. Oh, yeah. And we the first one is from Peter, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> sent us a nice question uh, at the very least. Uh, yeah, what is the question? Uh, he asked us, how is a cast different with two than three guys? <laughs> and uh, yeah. How, what would you say, Philip? What is um, different? I think uh, when when we are... Three guys. Three guys. Uh, it's a little bit easier to have the transition going. And yeah, because there are more people that uh, that have ideas and um, yeah, things to say. Yeah, because if somebody uh, doesn't know any further, yeah. then the other one jumps in, and so yeah, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit harder, especially but if actually we, we 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 don't know yet because it's basically. Two minutes from the starting of the ring so that, that, that's true that's true but <laughs> but we're actually trying uh to start the recording i think uh yeah. for about nine hour but yes yeah. um i had one beer more than usual so okay yeah. now i am at one like <laughs> every other, I mean, like every every podcast every podcast yeah because yeah. i have to drive so of course yeah. nothing more for me um yeah this that was the question from peter peter mm -hmm. nice uh, nice vacation yeah uh, at the time this Props episode peter airs and have a nice vacation yeah at the time this episode airs or is released uh i think he's back again in austria mm -hmm. so he won't hear this oh so we can uh finally talk something but mean about peter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have to say now it's the time <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I won't see anything now. <laughs> no, no, no. Peter's a great guy. Okay. So change the topic. Uh, the the next question is from Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a little bit of a huge question. He also said it was a heavy question. So mm -hmm. uh, he asked us how do we see the future of paper magic? The future of paper magic. Wow. Um, 
So my thoughts about this topic is that since Magic is originally a paper-based product or paper-based game, um, that I don't think that paper magic will ever go away. I think it would be uh, a disaster for the company because basically that's the main product. I mean, I get that um, the focus um, of many different games, if you look at um, uh, Magic Arena, of course, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, there are lots of different other uh, card games uh, that are online based um, the trend is basically here that you shift your uh, focus more and more uh, towards uh, online based gaming but I think the main product of Magic is still um, paper based uh, what I think is a good uh, example or comparison to this I think many people have a fear that um, paper magic will go away and it will maybe be replaced by, um, let's say, Magic Arena or... Or Magic Online, yeah. Yeah, for example. Um, I don't think this is the case um, or I don't think it is necessarily the case because if you think about general gaming, um, in the last couple of years we, have, we had a, a huge ups, uh, yeah, upswing of let's say pen and paper based uh, role playing role play games, and um, this is not a trend that you would expect or would assume let's say five or ten years ago. Um, I think maybe um, people would more see it like that that role play gaming or gaming in in general would yeah be completely online based and uh, no um, yeah, social interaction at all, yeah, let's yeah. say. I, to I totally agree here yeah. because I also think that the biggest draw to, to Magic is always, or to tabletop games in general, mm -hmm. is always the, the social interaction, social interaction. Be the, between the players and the fact that that's non-existent in in online online magic or online gaming um, also the fact that there are almost no co-op games anymore yeah that you can play on on one screen with two to four players yeah um, will keep the the paper magic or the board games or the tabletop games alive mm -hmm. so um, What I also think is uh, of in the future of, of Magic mm -hmm. uh, that it will never go away even if the uh, if Wizards suddenly stops uh, printing new product or designing new sets or anything okay. because the cards are already here there will always be uh, surely it will uh, it will be a, minor a minority mm -hmm. but there will always be people who want to play this. Uh, if it uh, weren't so, then there wouldn't be any old school or pre-modern or mm -hmm. uh, I don't know which uh, pre-war legacy. Um, you mean this community-driven formats? Yeah, that they uh, wouldn't exist uh, now. So I think uh, uh, legacy or, or vintage or, or anything Mm -hmm. anything paper magic related yeah. would still exist even if what she would this uh, Hasbro would decide to 
um, stop producing sex and, or cards. And uh, of course, uh, we shouldn't neglect the, the biggest format, let's say, that basically has no support at all, which is just casual. Yeah, this is the biggest um, yeah, environment or yeah, audience for uh, buying magic products still. Mm -hmm. And um, it basically has no uh, wizard support uh, in, in that sense. It's just kitchen table magic. And yeah, as you said, if we have, we have the cards, the physical cards, and if there are some people interested in the game, then of course it will never go away. And but uh, this is also the reason why I think that wizards should and will never stop printing new physical no, magic no. cards. Also, I think this would be nonsense. And uh, if it if they somehow would say now we are stopping printing magic cards, it would be a really big shock for me. I don't think I I, I basically don't expect something like that. Also, I don't think that uh, online gaming um, Re replaces the re magic. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, let's say, um, yeah, let's say we have one company and um, they orig originally built up from paper magic, and now they have, let's say, a new, yeah, way they can, yeah, dip their toes in. But it would, it's something that uh, can exist in parallel, I think. So we have online gaming and we have paper magic um, alike. Uh, I've heard an interesting idea on, on Twitter. I'm not sure who tweeted this, but uh, okay. somebody had an idea to, um, to diversify the format. So there is mm -hmm. an online only format with new cards and new printings. Oh, yeah, and okay and paper-only form formats going forward mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that they can um, choose to uh, focus on the eSports side and on the paper side mm -hmm. without having to ban all the time. That's a, a really nice idea. So they can, let's say, neglect the, the other part of Magic yeah. completely and the problems that uh, each part has if they have to print one set and it has to suit... Um, arena and paper, it is a lot more restrictive, of, co of course. So I really like that idea, actually. It's, it's for sure an interesting idea. So we'll see what the future will bring. Mm -hmm. And the future brings us the next question from Jonas. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a very old question, probably as old as... Magic existed. Uh, oh, almost, mean? almost as old <laughs> as magic <laughs> is, uh, existed, and it's from uh, about uh, one of our favorite topics: the yeah. reserved list. Oh, the reserved list. Okay, <laughs> okay. It is. It is then a question as as old as the reserved list. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just, just don't. Uh, I just don't want to. Yeah. put the word in yeah <laughs> so <laughs> okay. uh, he asked us do we think the reserved list will still be in place in 10 years mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a really really hard question but i think the reserved list is here to stay it won't go away mm -hmm. which is very unfortunate for the growth of our beloved format but yeah. um 
maybe there will be a workaround from Watsi at mm -hmm. any time. Um, we will see, but I think the reserved list is certainly here to stay. Um, yes. I basically agree. I think the reserved lists. I, I can't imagine that Wizards will touch the reserved list of any point. But uh, what I want to add to this is that I think Wizards is in general capable of doing some things that might be surprising or new. Or they're capable of doing yeah unexpected things. And one example would be, in my opinion, the the companion rule change. Uh, I think such a change is not what I would expect it back then. So um, Also banning Lurus in Vintage for power level reasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the first card in Vintage banned for power level reasons. Yeah, exactly. So nobody expected that. Yeah, and uh, for that reasons, I think maybe um, in a few years, Wizards could then maybe announce some changes to the reserved list maybe the they will uh, loosen up the restrictive printing rules they have on the reserved list i don't know or they make an or they make some workarounds on uh what is it called if you uh, a functional reprints yeah basically if they make some or some some reprints that are in the environment of legacy to a certain extent have the same power level yeah. like uh, what is a, a a good example like the legendary dual lands or something like uh, that legendary dual lands uh, have one crux because uh, they aren't far enough from the spirit yeah. of the reserve yeah. list. but 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 uh, some some restrictions like that yeah my my go to uh, answer for a workaround for the duels in mm -hmm. the, or from the reserved list is always just make fetchable fast lands. Yeah, okay. That's that's the easiest workaround. Uh, it w but don't you think that actually fetchable fast lands would be better than uh, legendary duel lands? Yeah. They would be far better, I think. Yeah, maybe they would be better. But uh, the the drawback is in uh, is big enough. Okay. For I mean, this is of course definitely not a dual lens uh, as we know it. So. Yeah. So I think the the easiest fix would be fetchable fast lens. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard that le simply legendary dual lens would be um, too. Um, too near, too close, this, too close, yeah, too close to at the origin, original ones. Yeah. At the spirit of the reserved list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's also because uh, that's also the the reason mm -hmm. why uh, snow-covered duels can't exist. Yeah, of course, because this is basically no restriction. Yeah. Or this is yeah. There is basically effectively no drawback to this. Um, In my opinion, you can print legendary yeah. <laughs> fetchable fastlands. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> totally, wow. uh, totally fair. Um, do you remember this? Um, I don't know if it was a, more a rumor or if it will be, a, let's say, a mechanic that will be printed in some future set. Um, there was a discussion about lands that you can, that have basically two types that you can fetch um, and with those two tabs, 
but um, as soon as they enter the battlefield, you have to choose which side they're entering mm -hmm. the battlefield. And let's say we have a swamp and island combined. One, uh, let's say, flip lens, or I don't know yeah. how you would call them. Double-sided, yeah. Double-sided, double yeah. yeah. Why not? So uh, as soon as you put them into play, you decide which side uh, they are on the battlefield. Um, I think they should be non-basic also. Or maybe they, they can even be basic, I don't know. But um, of course, you can fetch both. So you can fetch, let's say, an island and a swamp. But uh, as soon as they enter the battlefield, you only have the island or the swamp for the rest of the game, as long as the land remains on the battlefield. I think this would be... Um, it's a very interesting idea, for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely uh, not in the same power level as, as duels. Yeah. They are far enough from the reserved list. They, they could work. And I think there's also a big drawback, even if they are yeah, basic. It's a, it's a big drawback. Um, even if they are basics, uh, yeah. which means they would be wasteland proof, for example. But uh, if you think about um, days uh, or other... Yeah, basically it's... Yeah, days is a good example, I think. If you want to fetch a swamp or need black mana, you don't uh, have the land to days uh, it back to your hand. Oh, okay, because yeah. it's not an island. It's just a swamp, mm -hmm. for example. So it's only uh, both types in all zones it, except on the battlefield. Yeah. Ah, okay. I so get, I get that, it, yeah. at least that's what I uh, had the understanding of. Or I, I don't even know if this is a real thing or not. Back, um, and of course, um, those little minor differences could change things up a little bit. But I think this is a nice idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it also. Um, I think we... Uh, we would just need something, something between the power level of duels and and shocklands, yeah, to work yeah. In, in legacy. Do you think that maybe a shockland could? Yeah, maybe this is too simple. But let's say a shockland that enters the battlefield untapped if you take just one damage instead of two. Let's say then, how would you call it? Uh, dartlands. 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 Yeah. <laughs> because of lava dart. Um, Maybe I think that would need testing. Yeah. If it, if it's uh, enough of a difference, or if it's too much, like with the shockland. Mm -hmm. I mean, you uh, most legacy decks can run one shockland, yeah. especially if you are uh, if you have a combo or something like like Hogak. Mm -hmm. uh, then you can easily run one, but uh, a second one gets really hard. Yeah. And I won't, I won't recommend anyone who uh, wants to play Legacy and w doesn't want to play Death Shadow uh, yeah, to play more than one Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, even one Chocolate is, of course, strictly speaking of competitiveness, it's just wrong and it's not good. Yeah, but you lose some percentage points. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely, true. yeah. You, you need some... But sometimes... Uh, you have to ask yourself, are these three to four percentage points that, that I lose with playing a shockland worth the two to three hundred bucks? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, surely, if it comes to, to GPs, if we ha ever have a one again, uh, or and simply some, some bigger tournaments bigger like tournaments. MKM or something, mm -hmm. then I would for sure play the best possible version. Uh, of course, yeah. Then it makes a difference, but for Friday Night Magic play or for also casual play or, or, or casual yeah. play, yeah, 
that that's what I uh, always like about Legacy. For for me, the format is uh, like kitchen table, but with rules. <laughs> <laughs> with acceptable rules that yeah, everyone can. Yeah, it just glues everything together a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, without rules, it it's just not all over the place. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't matter because mm -hmm. uh, one thing I, I know. I'm starting here very far away from the question, but just want to uh, get this thought out of me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what I most despise in in kitchen table or in casual magic is if you have a tournament for. Uh, Uh, I, even for for uh, for no uh, buy-in, yeah, mm. and and you play with your fun deck, and it's all fun and games, and then suddenly somebody uh, comes and, and goes, turn one, land, soul ring, petal, tinker, blight, seal, colossus. <laughs> yeah. I had this happen to me, and it really that's not casual <laughs> <laughs> that's not casual <laughs> no yeah and I, i know what you mean yeah you you have to have some rules because otherwise there will always be one guy who will just yeah completely yeah the, the power discrepancies the yeah. are too big yeah you need a rule set yeah and that's what legacy is casual with rules <laughs> yeah and legacy is um Also, let's say he has the best price to value. Uh, yeah. Um, how do you say this? Um, <laughs> Describe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get the, the most for what you pay, basically. Yeah. If, yeah. Um, I mean, it is a, it is a you, high... You also get the most fun out of it. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. It is, of course, it is a high pay-in, but it is the biggest pool and uh of of cards um i mean yeah vintage has a little bit more cards but they're so vastly expensive that it and their player base is basically non-existent unfortunately yeah, um, and, and vintage also has the problem what i don't like uh it's like with uh, com uh, commander or, mm -hmm. or edh mm -hmm. uh that there's so many restricted cards Yeah, and uh, one of and then it's oh yeah you drew your one off and you win. Um, yeah. That's for for me. That's also not really fun or skill intensive. Mm -hmm. To yeah. to simply top deck your one off. Yeah, um, it is basically yeah. the best card. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I don't like in vintage and also not in command commander. So legacy is always uh, will be forever my go to format. Yeah, it, it's quite nice. Um, also, for the reason that um, I, what I think is um, also great about legacies, of course, the fact that it doesn't change that often in the sense that we don't have bannings all that much. I know bannings are kind of exciting because we have new matters then. And if we have a, a format where we have a clearly best deck like we had now, in the Death Red Shaman era, uh, I don't know. Top miracles. Top, top miracles. I know this is some, yeah, some people get frustrated. and But you, this is still a format. You can buy your deck and you can play it. And that's for years. If we compare that to uh, a non-rotating format like Pioneer now, 
for a guy like <laughs> me, this is so uninteresting and. Um, Yeah. Especially with the new bendings now. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, the, the bendings now are quite good. I really like the way they solved it because they, uh, we haven't had the... I, I mean, I don't play Pioneer, but if I see it from a Legacy side, mm -hmm. if it would have hit something in Legacy, then I certainly would have liked the, the way they solved it now. Yeah. Uh, and not in the way they had solved it in the past, mm. because uh, when they when the when they say yeah next week is a banned and restricted announcement and something gets banned in Legacy, and you're sitting here with your with your deck and wondering yeah shall I play? Mm. Does it make sense uh, for yeah. this week or or is it better just to to wait yeah wait and to see. wait yeah and have a dirty week without any sense in playing. Mm. Uh, that, that's not for me. So yeah. I like it more uh, the way they did it now. I think both ways have its flaws. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure uh, how to address these. Uh, but it's you mean uh, just announcing the ban? Immediately yeah, ba basically the the ban now uh, they made in Pioneer Standard and Historic. Historic Broadway, Broadway. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, they announced it and they are effective on the same day. Yeah, that's fine for me. I think this is a good idea. Yeah, it's also fine for me. No. Um, I actually really like the way they did it uh, in the past times, mm -hmm. like uh, where they had, I think, every three months a ban and restricted announcement. And oftentimes you had no changes to any form. Yeah, and uh, I think that was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine also for me, of course. But uh, the problem is if you're not that flexible. Uh, if you have distinct time periods where you have the announcements, if you have a critical moment in between two announcements, you can't uh, interfere. Or if you interfere, you're deviating from the normal schedule. So I'm not sure if this is the correct term. I think they should always monitor the metagame. And if something has to be banned, then they should do it right away. Yeah, and I really... I really like the way they did it uh, in the with the Ben and Resignum announcement from Modern, yeah. where they said uh, Astrolabe is on the legacy watch list. Mm -hmm. I think a publicable, uh, public viewable watch yeah. list from uh, from problematic cards would be great. That's also a nice idea, yeah. especially for new players uh, entering new formats. Yeah, and that's what what I wanted to say with Pioneer, for example. It almost feels like, I don't know, standard 2.0. Um, it's basically you have, uh, you, you're buying a new deck, you're excited to play a non-rotating format, and in a few months Then later, gets something gets banned. Then you have to buy a completely new deck, like in standard. And I think this is just, I don't know, this is just crazy. Um, yeah, it's basically like uh, the bannings are initiating a rotation. Yeah. yeah. In I mean, it is basically yeah, comparable to uh, standard, and uh, in that sense, I think it would be better to yeah, like you said, for example, have a watch list of uh, cards that Wizards is likely to ban or they are keeping an an eye on it. Yeah, an eye on it. Yeah, and also. 
um, I would see or, or I would like to see a little bit more uh, flexibility towards unbending cards. Oh yeah. For example, Lurus in Legacy. I think there is no <laughs> reason for the card to be bent now. And I'm I think so on board with this. Yeah, uh, with the with the companion nerf. We think um, some some changes they made in the past, and then if they made some new changes that completely invalidated the changes from the past, they should revert it, and that's nobody would be upset. I think people would like it. Yeah, actually. I think I think uh, with the companion nerf, Lurus would be totally playable. Yeah, but not broken. Anywhere, nobody would play Lurus as a companion. Uh, nobody, yeah. The, the Not even in modern. No, the yeah. the restrictions for having him as a companion uh, versus the the payoff that you get is just a minuscule. Uh, you, yeah. Nobody would would play it like that, but uh, having access to Lurus in your main board mm. uh, would be great. It would breathe new life in in old archetypes. Um, yeah, I mean, like like that guy ill. That guy ill with Lurus would yeah. be uh, probably not good, but it would certainly be at least semi viable. Yeah, you, you can play it. You win maybe an FNM with it. It's a value card, yeah. But uh, like the way it is now with, with that guy ill is, you just get stomped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> either by combo or by Oko, <laughs> Oko Uro nonsense, uh, and I think with Loros and with uh, mm -hmm. replaying Misha's ball, replaying Dark Confidant and uh, mm -hmm. Gite or something, you can just get so much value, uh, and you don't get totally yeah uh, uh, outvalued by other things. Outvalued by yeah. other things. Yeah, you can be on par with um, different power levels of. Alex. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think, in my opinion, but of course this may not reflect the ideas of Wizards, um, I think the best or the, the, the focus of a ban list should be that it is as short as possible, possible yeah. and as big as necessary. I think this is basically the approach that they should make. That means banning every card that needs to be banned and unbanning cards that just are banned for, I don't know, past reasons. Yeah, uh, even if they don't contribute to the format now. Yeah, like like doesn't I think matter. With, with Mind Twist. Mind Twist should be unbanned, even if it, it doesn't bring anything to yeah. the format as it is right now. Yeah. Because nobody would... Sure, nobody would play uh, Mind Twist in a fair way, but who cares? Yeah, <laughs> Actually. it would be not a really strong deck. No, oh, I don't think... The, some people say, yeah, it wouldn't be a strong deck and it wouldn't be played. Why don't just keep it banned? Um, yeah, man. Because it also doesn't make a reason to keep it banned. Yeah, <laughs> in man. my opinion. Yeah. It, uh, if we have the, the mantra of of keeping it as short as possible and as big as necessary, then there are certainly things on the band list that should come off. And I think um, if some cards on the band list would enable... I don't know, tier 3, tier 2 decks to exist. I think this is a great thing because there are actively people who are actually yeah, actively only playing tier 2, tier 3 decks. Maybe um, because it's more fun or maybe they want to explore new, I don't know, deck building ideas or um, 
yeah, strategies or if it's just, let's say, um, to be safe from bannings. If you only pay a tier two deck, you are basically safe yeah. for, let's say, being banned out of the format. Like if you would now play Rock Delva, maybe, maybe, or Snowco, since uh, Astrolab is a big discussion. Um, maybe there's a big, uh, let's say, risk that um, you will be banned out of the uh, legacy format. And that's the reason why I think, yeah, the bandage should be as short as possible to make these builds possible in the first place. Yeah, yeah and um, I think we are on a good way to, to uh, have such fringe or, or tier two, tier three decks. Yeah. Uh, in the meta because of recent uh, developments editions. and oh, additions, yeah. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> if somebody has uh, would have told me uh, two years ago that we that the f uh, top four most played techs are Ragdelver, goblins, ninjas, and elves. <laughs> yeah, that would be really crazy. I mean, Ragdelver, of course, I think we can could all get behind all that because Ragdelver was at the top. In the past, of course. Uh, and I think um, there was this area with uh, mongoose and stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. This is for Canadian yeah. trash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the in the Defred era, it was certainly Grixis. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It was okay. bef before the Defred era. Yeah, yeah. 2012 and mm -hmm. Dark Ascension and Innistrad. Yeah. Oh, great deck. The the um, the real Canadian threshold doesn't exist anymore. Nah, uh, that, that's, yeah, but that was a great deck. It was, that was really deck, cool. Yeah. It was pure tempo. Yeah, that was really balancing on Razor's Edge to uh, navigate the matchup, and uh, uh, that was real skill. This was so cool. A really, really cool deck. But yeah, um, yeah, we have goblins, elves, and ninjas, of course. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, with this set, I think you said you are playing ninjas this Friday Night Magic. Yeah. Am, I, uh, am I correct? Uh, yeah, uh, I have plans to do so. I think this is a really nice... Uh, yeah, I know it is kind of a hybrid deck between a tempo deck, of course, and uh, a grind machine, actually. <laughs> okay. It is incredibly... It has put up some, some really good numbers. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some... On paper, it does look bad, honestly. We have some cards like uh, Onitopter, uh, Changeling, Outcast. Those are cards that don't seem legacy playable at all. They are just, yeah, bad cards. I mean, what impact has a Miser 1-1 <laughs> or, <laughs> or a 0-2 zero 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 <laughs> flyer? I mean, yeah, it can block Delver. Okay, wow, amazing. <laughs> But and you just gained free life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost that healing self is legacy playable. <laughs> yeah. But um, they, they, can, they, they are basically unblockable. Um, of course, flying is not really uh, unblock, unblockable in legacy, but it is close to unblockable against all creature based decks. Uh, Changeling Outcast is unblockable. And um, the Ninjutsu me mechanic is actually pretty strong for legacy since you can't really interact with it. Yeah. It is, um, 
Yeah, as soon it's an activated ability, I think. Oh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As soon as um, as soon as you have an unblocked attacker, you can use your ability directly get in your creature. I mean, of course, after ninjutsu, they can still cast a removal spell before damage. Since uh, uh, if you if we have a look at uh, Yuriko, for example, or uh, the ingenious infiltrator, they only trigger. Um, if they really deal uh, combat damage. However, if they do, um, the value is just incredible. Um, yeah, Eureka deals damage equal to the top card of your library? Yeah, the, the CMC, I think. yeah you re reveal your top card of your library and uh, put it in your hands and your opponent loses life equal to the CMC of the card. Think about Force of Will, of course. Mm, that's yeah, that, that's it's a lot, yeah. Uh, quite a big and of course uh, what uh, you don't have to um, uh, but what you don't uh, forget about uh, the mechanic is that it's whenever an ninja it's no, not only for this card only it's okay. also uh, for each other ninja that is attacking at this attack step and dealing damage uh, do you put the card then on the bottom or You draw the card. Ah, uh, you draw the card. Okay. Yeah, it's basically a reverse dark confidence trigger. You reveal the card, but your opponent loses the life, and okay, then, and but you, you get, get the card. card. It's oh, basically okay. That's great. Yeah. it's basically an, an dark confident trigger on steroids, basically. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and also the ingenious infiltrator, which uh, says you only draw a card, but it also says whenever an ninja draws a card, so you can combine uh, both cards to draw, basically. I don't know, five, six cards if you are lucky. And also, uh, the outcast is a shapeshifter. So, so it's also a ninja. It's also a ninja. And it's, un and it's also unblockable. Okay. Uh, so you don't even have to attack with Yuriko. Um, you can just sit back with Yuriko if you don't... Uh, uh, I don't know, if your opponent is uh, having a Tamagoyf or some bigger threat. You can just uh, safely attack with your outcast through your uh, through the Tamagoyf and then you get still the Eureka trigger. And so you can still dome them for for five with force. Yeah. So you can, so you could also um brainstorm in response to your force of will on top yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's a bit of a clock I think. Yeah it's it, it's <laughs> it's a clock, it's it's grinding, it's value, it's just amazing. And uh, all that combined with uh, a great suit of uh, interaction. We have black for Fail push, uh, thoughts, days, of course, force of will, and the card that uh, basically, yeah, had the biggest attention for me was uh, Retrofitter's Foundry. I think, or at first glance, the card does seem also quite bad. However, what is really strong about the card is that you can play it for one mana, you can tap it and sacrifice a Thopter to create the 4-4. Uh, what does it say? A construct token. Okay, yes, so, so you get on turn one uh, for four four construct. Four. Uh, so combine this with Ornithopter, of course, or also, of course, the Changeling Outcast, which also counts as a Thopter. So you can, uh, <laughs> so even even if you uh, are flooded with Ornithopters or Changeling Outcast, you can cash them in for. Uh, for big constructs. Big constructs. And this is also quite amazing, I think. Um, of course, this is a value machine on its own. You can create server tokens and uh, turn them into uh, thopters and then also 
create uh, new construct tokens on, on its own. But of course, it is a, li it is a little bit slow. Um, all that combined with a stable mana base, you have six basics, so Wasteland is no problem. Um, yeah, this is a really nice Only shell. Only two underground sea. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, let's say relatively cheap uh, for a legacy mana base. Um, the question is, uh, though, uh, what is, let's say, the best build to have this shell? I know uh, you, you surely want your Ornithopters, your Changeling Outcasts, your Yurikos, and your... So you're pretty much locked in Demia or, or in Blue-Black? Yeah, that, that's fixed, yeah. But um, you can twist the numbers, I think. Um, there are some lists which are playing three Yurikos. There are a lot that play four. Um, same is true for the Retrofitter Foundry. Then uh, there are also some lists who are splashing green okay. for Oko. Yeah. Which would <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. For Oko <laughs> and for Uro. <laughs> no, not for Uro. Okay, not for Uro. Uh, yeah. At least not what I've seen. Um, <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> yeah, wait for it, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, Uro would be a little bit uh, hard to uh, escape with the four mana, I think. Because it's still, uh, let's say, uh, low to the ground uh, deck list. Okay. With uh, three lands being your, let's say, more or less maximum in play. Um, but yeah, this uh, bug version is a little bit less tempo-oriented and a little bit more value-oriented. Of course, by having Oko, a little bit of a higher uh, mana curve. Um, Brazen Borrower as a, another possible tool. And also Abrupt Decay. And Abrupt Decay, yeah. Phenomenal uh, removal, of course, in Legacy. Um, so one Bayou, two Tropical Island, two Underground Sea. Yeah, that's a, a steeper mana cost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mana yeah, base, yeah. yeah. Uh, for concerning the, the, the dual lands, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, I think the deck looks really nice um, or can perform really, really uh, well. Um, if you have those uh, explosive draws. Of course, you can also have the draws where you are in, I don't know, Ornithopter into Outcast into, I don't know, one random brainstorm and you're drawing a bunch of lanes and you're basically doing nothing. Mm. It is a little bit synergy-driven, so you have to have your ninjas to cards or you have to have your, I don't know, Foundry to cash in your Thopters. So it is, yeah... Also, maybe not the best deck for top decking when you're late yeah. in the game, but it can have some explosive draws, I think, which I really like about the deck. Yeah, it's a cool deck. Yeah, I personally would play the the straight blue black version. Yeah, me 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 too. Because okay. of the really really stable mana base. Stable mana base is uh, is often underestimated in Legacy. Yeah, a stable mana base uh, wins you so many games. Yeah, it's it's certainly underestimated, and uh, I I get the draw to to more colors because you can more uh, can play more powerful spells mm -hmm. because you have access to more colors. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just so. Well, I just needed the right land drop or a fetch wrong, and that's game. That's game, yeah. Uh, oh, I got wastelanded twice uh, out of a sudden, and then I don't have uh, any lands anymore. Yeah. So the power of basics is just really good in Legacy sometimes. So keep it sim simple, if you can. 
Yeah, so you're going to play this. Yeah, what um, are you going to play? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a really, really hard question. Because I was busy the last weeks brainstorming and brewing because I hadn't had much time to play, actually. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to, to jam some leagues on Modo. But mm -hmm. uh, real life got into, uh, in the way and had so much work to do. So um, I'm in a fortunate position that in my job I can uh, I can listen to podcasts. I can mm -hmm. uh, make my uh, I can think about decks, make my mind about cut decisions mm -hmm. uh, because my my work is more labor driven. So yeah, uh, I can just work the whole day and think about magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice, actually. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of cool, um, but uh, sometimes very tiring. So at least I had three deck ideas. Last yeah, week. I mean, you, we, we have to say that Philip is basically, I would say, the brewmaster of your legacy community. Uh, I, I love I think, brewing. <laughs> yeah, I think there is not uh, many other people who are that much into brewing like you are and i also think that i mean there are some people i think uh, in, in the legacy community but you are the guy that um always try to make it as competitive as possible yeah i i really love uh, yeah. uh if i have uh, when i have an idea yeah. and to make it really good because legacy has so many uh Staples, so many good cards that you just have to play and this, i think as long as you play good cards your deck can't be that bad <laughs> yeah no. even even if this uh, even if the strategy is uh, a little bit of the beaten path but uh, i also love it when i can port modern decks into legacy more mm -hmm. vintage decks into legacy. Into legacy, okay. <laughs> but but the, the the latter one is a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit harder. But but uh, for example, the the Venge, the Vengevine, uh list that that I played in vintage, um, in legacy, the the, oh, rag, legacy. the rag Vengevine list. Ah, uh, the rag Vengevine, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's basically uh, a port from vintage. I mean. Surely that the is it like called Oxwine, right? Or yeah, the, yeah, Oxwine. The, the Oxwine, oh, what yeah. do you call it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically a vintage port. Mm -hmm. I mean, that wasn't my idea actually, but you I love it. You uh, took it and you tuned it. Yeah. So, um, um, but that's not on now on ice. Yeah. Uh, I think I've come to a dead end with the deck. So I took my my ideas elsewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, What do you have for us? Yeah, I <laughs> let's give us some. I don't know. I have a Grixis list, a yeah. Rack list, and a Rakdos list. Okay. So uh, at first, I had an idea. I, I love Rex and Dreadnought. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love uh, Croxa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Croxa. <laughs> Croxa is just so great. Both cards are not really played in Lexi, of course. So. Yeah, at um, least right Dreadnought now. sometimes, but not really. And not really, yeah. Croxa more in the past. Uh, is more of a modern car. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's the neat interaction uh, of Rexion Dreadnought and Lassav, the, the two-mana one from the... The Multifarious, yeah. Uh, from... Uh, which edition? Kills of Ravnica, or, or was it Ravnica yeah. Legions? I, I don't know actually now. Yeah, the new Ravnica one, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it was Skills of Ravnica. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you can basi- so you have basically uh, can have up to eight Phyrexian Dreadnoughts in a deck. Because if the Dreadnought dies, you can simply copy it with Lazav. But how, how do you... Oh, so you have to play your Dreadnought, it dies. It dies and then copy it with Lazav and attack. Okay. You can do it as soon as turn three. So, um, so you have your... Is it the only way that you can pitch... Or let's say bring your dreadnought into your uh, graveyard. No, no. So you have a, a typical um, Delva shell built around with yeah. your for brainstorm, for ponder, for days, for force of will, mm-hmm. and to protect the whole uh, whole shell. Yeah. And also you've got for stifle for yeah, the dreadnoughts for the for trigger, yeah. um, which synergizes with the uh, Croxa trigger. So you can oh, nice. also nice, yeah. um, Respond to the sacrifice trigger from the Crocs and get your six six mm-hmm. immediately. That's immediately on nice, turn yeah. three, that for uh, black, red, uh, and blue, it's a little bit of steep mana cost, but it's uh, but it's doable. And um, you surely play the the four lightning bolts and for forties to have a little bit more discard and yeah, general interaction yeah. and general mm-hmm. interaction mm-hmm. yeah. And also rounding up a threat suit is Dreadhot Arcanist because you're in red. Mm. <laughs> For sure play an Arcanist. Yeah. <laughs> Just so much value. Uh, it's basically a, a Delva shell without Delva. And but with, with Dreadnought. And Lasaf Interaction. Yeah. And Lasaf Interaction. Yeah, you can do... Uh, Lasaf lets you do really amazing things like um, before combat... Uh, copy a Croxer mm-hmm. uh, in your in a graveyard. In graveyard yeah. Attack with the the, the copied Croxer trigger. Then let the trigger resolve. They discard and lose free life, or mm-hmm. don't discard and lose free life, or discard and yeah. don't lose free life. Uh, yeah. That you get value out of it, and then you uh, copy the the dreadnought, dreadnought and thing. hit them for twelve with trample. Yeah. Even all in one attack step. Yeah. All in one attack step, or just something like uh, you have a, a dreadnought and an entomb, uh, a dreadnought, a dreadhog arcanist in, in your graveyard, mm-hmm. and you can copy the dre- uh, dre- the arcanist, attack, flashback, a ponder, find yeah. an entomb, play the entomb, get your dreadnought in, into your graveyard, copy Inca. your dreadnought, hit for 12, yeah. uh, and uh, just so many shenanigans that you can do it. All packed in this tight Delva shell, and but of course without Delva. Without Delva, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that. <laughs> um, actually, the list is untested. I played something like that uh, during the Lurus era. Um, Did you also play Lurus um, in this deck? Yeah, as a companion, yeah. Uh, also now. No, okay. it's it's banned. So, <laughs> oh, I, I oh, would, of course, yeah. I would. If it's Sorry, uh, <laughs> you wear modern. <laughs> I, I, I mix it up with modern, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's actually the. We put the list in the show notes. Of so course, yeah. You can look at them when the episode is released. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I like to uh, talk about this uh, to say about the cyborg, uh, the. Uh, 
of the wall eidolon of the great travel in the sideboard <laughs> an eidolon yeah, yeah it's, i mean it's, even if you are pretty heavily spell-based deck yourself yeah which is amazing actually yeah um it, it looks kind of odd at first glance but if you think of it you put the uh the first item mo uh often gets countered or gets killed removed, yeah. or removed and the thing is you co just copy it with Lazav during their uh during their um, um their, their turn during their turn and then just copy something else in your turn and play spells so ah, only yeah. they get the damage mm -hmm. um so that's for the i call the i call this deck actually uh, since since yeah. i um uh since since i um, and just having a look at the list, does this also work with Plague Engineer? No, uh, no Plague Engineer uh, does not right. It uh, doesn't work with Plague because Engineer because it needs to enter. Yeah. That's the only thing. But this would be an also nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be great. But then uh, yeah. you could, could use a true name, but true name also needs to enter, so we don't get the hex proof. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Actually, Troxa and. Arcanist and Dreadnought are the three, I think, best targets I yeah. found in this, uh, in this, um, yeah, in this colors. In this colors, yeah. The only thing I can imagine would be a bug version with Uro instead of Croxa, mm -hmm. but then it would be certainly be more uh, mid range. More mid range, yeah. So it's basically, higher, um, steeper mana curve and. Yeah, without lightning bolts, with fatal yeah. push, Uro, Oko. Uh, yeah. But I think it could also work. Could also work, yeah. Yeah, I call this deck Grixis Croxanaut. <laughs> <laughs> it's untested. So take everything as I have with a grain of salt. It's just an idea. It's just an, a draft, the first draft, uh, that I maybe bring to FNM <laughs> on, yeah. on Friday. We'll keep you updated how, how the FNM goes then. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you, do, just a question, uh, will you play this on Friday? Or this is a deck that you basically have on your mind, but uh, not really testing? Uh, no, no, probably. Uh, I'm fairly sure I play this or the next one. Okay, yeah. So you're not really decided, but... Okay. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah let's talk it's about the next deck then, yeah? That you're uh, The next about. is... Uh, Timor deck, so it's Rug as a, r a red, green, and blue. Um, it's also again tightly packed in a Delva shell, yeah, <laughs> which is just so easy. <laughs> you, you just yeah. take Delva, Rug Delva, Prince uh, and Ponder for also full days, and that's yeah, yeah, that's always the same. Yeah, um, also you have the two Oko, or we could also add Lightning Bolt, I think. Yeah, yeah, Lightning be Bolt for also the for the Delva shell, for yeah. the Delva shell, yeah, yeah. it's always always the same um but this deck is also again delverless so we have a delver shell without delver and this time um i uh i've seen that uh delver always or, or the the meta in itself tries to get tall mm -hmm. and there's almost nothing that goes wide at the moment there's no grixis delver with pyromancer or not even monastery mentor is widely played so mm -hmm. you the only thing that's get that gets really wide is probably elves 
Not even mm-hmm. goblins get that white because they get max uh, muxes, muxen, yeah. Uh, yeah, which gets really tall. Yeah. You have the twelve, twelve muxes or something. Uh, and I tried to make uh, something new work with a uh, new card from the core set, Magic Twenty One, and that's oh, that's <laughs> that's hard to pronounce. Yeah. It's Yorael Monvoli Recluse. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a legendary creature, human druid. For one and a green, it's a one-two, and whenever you draw your second card uh, each, each turn, create a two-two green cat creature token. And for six mana, until end of turn, creatures you control have, have base t- power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. So the, the second ability is more uh, the topping Yeah, uh, with this card. And... I just go through the uh, through the list mm-hmm. so you have a better understanding. We play for Dreadheart Arcanist, for Yorel Monvoli Recluse, for Young Pyromancer, two Brazen Borer, one Clothis, God of Destiny, two Oko, Thief of Crowns, four Brainstorm, four Lightning Bolt, for Ponder, two Preordain, four Days, for Force of Will, and one Sylvan Library. Mm-hmm. So... The goal in this deck is basically to flood the board with two twos and one ones mm-hmm. and flashback spells with Arcanist. So, uh, so, so, yeah. Basically, you want to create at least two power during your turn and during your opponent, uh, opponent's turn. Okay, yeah. So you have. Uh, so you can go really, really wide with a lot of tokens. Yeah. Sure, it's. Uh, very susceptible to sweepers Mm -hmm. but we try to uh, work around this with Clothis, Sylvan Library and the Brazen Borough and the Okos so you have at least some threads that are not really uh, that are a little bit sweeper proof Uh, also if you think about Blake Engineer which is probably one of the top uh, let's say sweepers at the moment in Legacy um, it is also not that susceptible to Plague Engineer because you're kind of diversifying your creature types. Um, yeah, even even a Plague Engineer on human... Um, doesn't kill all that much. Yeah, it kills just Young Pyromancer yeah, because yeah. Yorrel is a 1-2. So yeah. Yorrel still makes the 2-2 two, two cats. If yeah. they put Plague Engineer on cat, you still get the, your 1-1s one one one, and yeah. your 1-1 one one elementals. Yeah. So it's not that bad for minus one minus one effects yeah um i don't know how much dead of winter is played now uh, i have seen I'm it actually in some not sure. snow lists but it's not really uh, um, i think there's not really a staple but i'm not sure i'm not sure yeah i need to work a little bit on the mana base <laughs> 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 yeah uh, and the sideboard actually is um also yep, work your, in progress. Basically, go to yeah, it's a it's a go to Delva like uh, sideboard with yeah. pyroblast, spell, Surgical extraction, veil of summer, force of negation, another clothis, and the only two spicy cards are one of Etagast mm-hmm. for opposing clothis or, or opposing Okos. Yeah. Uh, so if they fetch, you just put them on top and mm-hmm. they shuffle it in the, in the library. 
And what I really like are the two wilt in the yeah. sideboard. I think that's actually the best naturalized effect ever printed because it's cycling. Yeah. So if you don't need it, just cycle it away and you get a card. And in this deck... Uh, it triggers Yolgren. It yeah. triggers Yolgren at yeah. least. So, nice, yeah. so you can do something. And with the second ability from Yolrel, um, you could even flashback it with, with Dreadheart Arcanist. So. Ah, yeah, I see. I see, yeah. Yeah, but that's really um, yeah, unlikely. It's unlikely. Yeah. But it could happen. <laughs> it, it could basically happen. <laughs> uh, okay. And for. So I probably play the, the Rug Yolrel or the Crixis Cruxen list this Friday. Mm hmm. Okay. I'm not sure which way to go now, but at the moment I trend more to the rug list because I'm known as the as the graveyard guy in our, yeah. in our community, and this this deck has basically besides Dreadheart Arcanist no graveyard interaction, so quite surprising. Quite surprising, yeah. Yeah. And the next one is more is more traditionally my jam. It's something... That's what uh, I, I want to stress is what I'm basically also very excited about. Um, but yeah, you can explain what the deck is about. It's uh, something of a pet project of mine. It's making Arclight Phoenix work without blue. <laughs> <laughs> without blue, yeah. Yeah, because um, you know there, there, are always, there were always the... Arclight Phoenix, Bird Alive combo decks in Legacy. Mostly Grixis. Which are mostly Grixis. Um, but uh, Bird Alive has the problem of, of being either really good or really bad. Mm -hmm. So the first Bird Alive is usually your best one. It puts three Phoenix uh, into a graveyard, probably reanimates them, yeah. and, you, uh, and you go to town for nine. Or you draw your second bird alive, or a bird alive after you got surgical and your phoenixes are gone, mm. and it's just a dead draw. A dead draw. Yeah. So I, I went uh, through three to four iterations of this deck, and now I'm at this list in the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically a, a phoenix uh, built in a test shell. Yeah. Or, or in a storm shell. Basically storm, yeah. So I don't know if it's Tesla. Uh, it plays right to flame, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's more test than, than... It's more uh, test than Ant. Yeah. Um, but it's somewhere in between, actually. That's so, what I'm basically excited about. So uh, going through the list, we play four Arclight Phoenix, four Dark Ritual, three Dores, four Faithless Looting, four Right to Flame, three Fortsies, for Burning Wish, for Infernal Tutor, for Manamorphose, one Buried Alive, yeah. for Lion's Eye Diamond, for Lotus Petal, um, 17 Lands, three Art Mesa, four Badlands, four Bloodsint Maya, three Marsh Flats, one Mountain, two Swamp. Uh, and in the sideboard, we have a really huge wishboard. Yeah. And just some. Uh, graveyard hate and some storm hate here and there. Yeah, it's and similar to Testen, which again, yeah, which also so has. So the um, the wishboard is one by force, one Fortsies, one Mayan Misery, 
one buried alive to wish for, mm -hmm. one toxic deluge, one empty warrants, one tendrils of agony, and a singleton reanimate. Mm -hmm. uh, then you got three surgical extractions, two abrade, and two mind break trap. Mm -hmm. So you basically have everything covered. Um, the goal of this deck is to either reanimate um, three, three to four archive units as fast as turn one, mm -hmm. and uh, to hope that they are uh, that they are enough. Yeah. A lot of decks can't handle three, uh, three turn one phoenix because they are uh, simply too fast, and or the other uh, way of attacking your opponent is during a simple storm yeah. uh, storm kill um, with empty warrants or with tendrils of agony. Yeah, and, and what I think, uh, or what is really amazing about this list is you, you kind of, if you have enough mana and cards, you can combine both effects. Yeah, actually. you can. I actually Since had this happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I comboed off, yeah. drew from a Faithless Looting. Mm -hmm. I, I had one Phoenix in hand, played a Faithless Looting just for Storm Count. Yeah. Uh, I had two lands to discard, actually, but I drew another Arclight Phoenix, mm -hmm. discarded the Arclight Phoenix. Uh, I made this turn... Um, I think 16 goblins and attacked force uh, with two Arclight Phoenix in the air. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing, yeah. Um, anything but uh, a simple sweeper is probably enough, yeah, for sure. But I mean, you can also basically combine it with, an, let's say, a natural tender skill. If you uh, have, uh, I don't know, some phoenixes in your graveyard and you're storming off and even if it's just one or two phoenixes, it's basically shaving off three needed storm counters uh, that you need to kill your opponent. You can basically naturally storm off, storm for seven storm, and then uh, the last three storms are basically covered for two random phoenixes in your graveyard yeah. that are taking for six life, so or six damage. So that's quite cool. And also if you have enough mana, you can also make the... The traditional tutor chain. Yeah, uh, I really, uh, I often do um, infernal tutor into burning wish into empty warrants. Mm -hmm. It it needs a lot of mana, but it makes a huge storm count, so yeah. <laughs> it works. Yeah. And and for the hands that don't really do much, yeah, uh, you really need just land lead and. Um, so so you need ritual, uh, ritual tutor and and lead to make turn one uh, free phoenix. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really big upgrade because I also uh, had the problem with the Grixis lists or with the more mid rangey lists that uh, you were always a spell too short. Yeah. To reanimate your to reanimate the yeah. phoenix because dark ritual into bird alive is two spells, and you have only one uh, land drop, so you may, uh, you probably can make a two dark ritual, uh, but then you're throwing away resources. Yeah, and that's most of the time a losing position to be in. So by shaving the bird alive to the absolute minimum with one main and one side. Mm -hmm. um, 
you make room for good cards like mm-hmm. like, like eight tutors yeah. uh, two, uh, for wishes and f- and for tutors and the rest is mana <laughs> yeah and you still have your let's say virtual five copies of Buried Alive through Infernal Tutor or of course with uh, with Burning Wish even more it's even, t- even it's more ten, it's ten it's copies it's ten copies of Buried Alive oh nine copies actually Nine, 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 yeah, nine, nine copies, copies. Yeah. nine virtual ones, uh, and you can still just play if you flood out your your Arclight Phoenixes for for mana. Mm. That that also happens sometimes, and wins randomly games. So yeah, <laughs> if your opponent goes uh, turn one Deafening Silence, which is probably the hardest counter to this deck. Yeah, I'm not sure how we can really beat this. Um, The best play is hope to draw your phoenix, hardcast your phoenix, and go to town. Yeah, and maybe uh, burning wish into uh, mire of misery and uh, kill your uh, kill the deafening silence yeah. uh, over two That's turns. That's one problem of the deck for sure. Yeah, sure. It could be uh, it could be solved by branching out into another color. Yeah, uh, but the only color that would be worth branching out is blue for the cantrips uh, bring some ponder yeah. uh, and then I'm not sure if I mean you got Echoing Truth um, or Gene of Weeper for the bounce yeah but then I'm not, I'm not sure if if, uh, if a different deck wouldn't suit it better yeah yeah of course this is a then you're basically trying to do too much for what The shell is here yeah. for, I think, but I'm not sure. I, I quickly had the idea or I thought about um, uh, what if you actually would splash blue, maybe cut the faithless looting, uh, cut one phoenix and just have one buried alive and three phoenix. That uh, is basically your only phoenix packages. So or the idea would be to uh, only have um, your phoenixes through Buried Alive and the rest is a complete normal Grixis storm shell. But I'm not sure if this would be a good idea. Or and the, the problem with the phoenix, uh, if you cut one, is, uh, is always uh, if, if you draw it. Yeah, if you draw it, exactly. Then, yeah. then your Buried Alive gets so much worse. Yeah, and you don't have a way to discard it if you cut fifth. If you cut looting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure, you could, you could put... Um, Brainstorm in, yeah, and but then you need an extra step to put your your arcade things from your hand into your deck again, deck, and, yeah. and you don't want to burn the life just for two phoenix. It's it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, with this build, I was often able to uh, to make four phoenixes turn two, yeah, and that's actually great. <laughs> the only thing in the side, that's uh, uh, to the sideboard. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I would like to p- bring in, and that's probably either a chain lightning or a grape shot. I'm not sure which would be better. Um, Sometimes it's just uh, you get your opponent down to two. Yeah, I think. And then they find the sweeper. You think the question you have to ask yourself is what is more common um, that you have let's say a problem of uh or let's say 
are more often the life totals of your opponents just missing out a few couple damage then I think chain lightning will be better or are you often short on mana to cast your big tendrils out of your sideboard then maybe a smaller grape shirt would be uh, enough if you have enough storm all the time okay so the question is do you have enough storm or are you basically always a few damage short uh, okay then it's then, it, then it's for sure the chain lightning yeah it, and depending on what the answer is then you could add the chain lightning or uh, so if you have always enough storm uh, but are lacking a little bit of mana then maybe grape shot would be a nice option and if you see yourself that you are missing out two or three damage um, in a lot of games, then maybe Chain Lightning would be mm. uh, a good idea. Uh, what I want to address is the one of reanimate here in the sideboard. Mm -hmm. um, it also seems odd, but it's just great if you have an uh, reanimator opponent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes reanimator even if it's very, very consistent and fast, sometimes you just have the faithless, drawing, uh, uh, faithless looting draw, discard a fatty and go. Yeah. And in, this in these situations, you can just ritual burning wish, uh, get your reanimate, reanimate your grizzle, uh, their grizzle brand and, and have your own fatty. <laughs> 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 and they never see it coming. <laughs> um, also, the, the sideboard is built in a way that most of the things are castable with uh, a mana from Lions of Diamond. Mm -hmm. So you, you have your bird alive that's castable for, for free uh, for free mana. Yeah. Also the by force is castable for two to three mana. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the recent additions is the Toxic Deluge, mm -hmm. which I play over Massacre or other Sweeper. At first, I thought about Angel of the Car of the Gods, but that exiles my own Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. something I don't want. So, and then I came across ah, yeah, I forgot about Toxic Deluge, and if I go Ritual Wish um, Deluge, mm -hmm. and then I kill, can kill the whole board and yeah. get back back all my Phoenixes. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah, that's that was my thought process uh, behind that. I think this is a really nice list, and uh, I like the approach actually. I originally had the impression that uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I was not sure if uh, the Phoenix plan and the Storm plan would fit all that well together. Sometimes the deck has a problem of you want too much for what you can do. Yeah. In, in a deck and or let's say you you can do many different things but executing them is not as good as just focusing on one mm -hmm. specific strategy but um, by having on, only this minor phoenix splash and being let's say a, a test deck it's predominantly a storm deck yeah yeah um, yeah I think could work actually of course i think one big uh, yeah flaw to the stack might be consistency you and lacking your ponders and brainstorms um which is still arguably a 
big loss for a storm break. Yeah, of yeah. course. That, 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 that's true. That's yeah. simply true. But I uh, tried to avoid these Prince and Ponder pre-order impiles. Yeah. Um, because for me, they are often like we had uh, before with the Grixis and the Ruglist. Mm. They built themselves. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And sometimes I want a little bit more of an. Mm -hmm. uh, a <laughs> mix around, uh, mix up. What do you mean? Um, a challenge. Ah, a challenge. Something okay. more of a challenge to get something like this really going. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think uh, even if this list needs mm -hmm. some fine tuning, I think I'm very, very uh, happy with the results so far. Yeah. And I'm more than sure uh, willing to put this through a league or two, or mm -hmm. even a challenge. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe you will see this in the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be nice if you get published uh, with. Uh, I do my best. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to have a little <laughs> bit time for this because I think it's seven rounds yeah. the challenge. So yeah. seven rounds on a Saturday is hard. <laughs> that's that's of course true. Um, so, but you said this is not the deck you want to play at FNM. Uh, no, not at the moment because okay. it's so um, fast and so mm -hmm. good to. Uh, so it's perfect to fine tune in Magic Online. Yeah. So I get a lot of reps in, and yeah. I try to play it more online. Mm -hmm. And the other two decks are more uh, fun for FNM level. For FNM have level, yeah. higher impact. Uh, Mm -hmm. cards on, on a card per card bar basis yeah so i think the other decks even if they're not so f uh, not so tuned or the, the numbers are off or the mana basis off yeah. uh, do better in a paper event of course yeah then they would do online yeah um yeah and speaking of fnm of course um how is the our community in our league in Austria. Um, I think some people would be interested to see the situation we have here concerning, uh, yeah, since Corona is still a thing and FNM um, might not be, yeah, for everyone in different countries. But um, how do we have it here in Austria for our league? Yeah, I think. Uh, so for our league, we still have uh, a summer break. So, and we're yeah. still in a really big makeover from mm -hmm. our, uh, yeah, from our league. And, but the, the normal Friday Night Magics are still firing. And basically undisrupted, I would say, even. Yeah, I, we had two to three months. I think yeah. we didn't have an FNM. Yeah, but right now it's basically like before. Yeah, More because we less. have we have almost not really many COVID cases. Yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah. I think it. We have sixty I'm here. Sure, yeah. I think we have sixty. That's in a city with about two hundred thousand people. Yeah. So. I know for for people in the US, two hundred thousand people is more of a, a village or a, a, yeah. a little town. But <laughs> in, in our in our country, it's yeah. actually one of the biggest cities. Yeah. So um, I think the third biggest city. You have Vienna, yeah. Graz, and then Linz. I think. I'm 
not sure. Actually. I, I think. Uh, but but sounds sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, really not that many COVID cases. Mm -hmm. We surely have our protection. We wear our masks, yeah. uh, which should be self-explanatory, actually. Yeah. So wear your masks. <laughs> Always wear your mask yeah, in your public places. And then maybe you also will uh, be able to play paper as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, FNMs fire on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. We are about 15 to 20 people. Still a, a good number, I think. Yeah, for At sure. least for our community. What was our record, actually? Our records were 26. 26 for... But, that, but that's for a weekly. So if, for there, weekly, are, if there are high stakes involved, then um, I think the most people were about 38 or something at an open oh yeah okay but it was two years ago so but i think compared to other communities in europe or let's say it's our area it is still pretty impressive that we consistently get our 15 to 20 people at fnm out of a pool of 60 people yeah so and this is what uh what is great about our league uh, our community in general and, and community yeah because um I, I always like to say that we have the biggest uh, legacy community in Austria. Mm -hmm. And I think that's right. I think the... You mean in Europe? N in Austria, no, no. Uh, in Europe, not... Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Do you mean in Linz we have the biggest? Yeah, in Linz we have the biggest. Okay. Yeah. Out of all communities in Austria? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't think any uh, other city or any other community has so many... Um, Different people yeah. playing legacy. I, I I think I would agree. Yeah, and not not even in Vienna, which is our our, our capital city. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I think they average about ten people on their weekly yeah. weekly legacy tournament. So we are certainly a little uh, a little step uh, a little step further mm -hmm. ahead. And speaking of that, we have some interesting changes that we might want to share at this point. Yeah, concerning um, our league. Yeah, uh, as as our listeners know, uh, with, uh, who are with us since the first episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> um, the uh, we we have now in the we have a, a legacy league going for about four years three to four years now yeah. and last uh, winter we decided we want to be more visible more international and uh, we are pretty well known in Austria but we are not known across uh, across the borders of Europe or, or even in the US mm -hmm. so um, there will be huge news to come and and you will probably hear a lot more in the next episode. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned definitely for this. Mm -hmm. And we have really, really great news and really big plans for the future with, mm -hmm. with our league and with Legacy in Austria. And Legacy in Austria. Um, and so we make a little transition now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about... Uh, the double masters 
yeah, we can briefly talk about it uh, as a final topic, I would suggest. Yeah, that's our final topic for, for today. Um, um, but, it's, but it's really um, important now mm -hmm. because the, the set is just bonkers. <laughs> yeah, it's a great set. <laughs> so um, many reprints. If you need something for Legacy, if you just uh, uh, tip your toe into this format or always wanted to transition from another yeah. uh, from another format, from Commander or, or Modern into Legacy, certainly now is the time. You get yeah. a lot of staples for cheap. You have a, a hopefully cheap, but yeah, they should be very uh, cheap. cheaper than now. Yeah, so. Daniel, do you have a list uh, which you uh, which yeah. cards you will buy with the? I have some set? cards. Um, <laughs> the list is actually not that long, actually, <laughs> but I have two specific cards that I want to buy. And okay. The first one is Moxopa. I think uh, since the banning of modern, the price of the card did not really change. I'm not sure. I mean, I think it was about 60 euros uh, at its highest point and it dipped to around 40 euros. But I think for our... I mean, yeah, it's a strong card, but um, it is basically only be played in Tess in Legacy, actually. Uh, and Urza Echo, I think. Yeah, in, in Legacy, yeah. Yeah, in Legacy, yeah. yeah. And... I don't think that justifies a price of 40 euros. No, for sure not. Also, it's not really played in Commander, so... No, yeah. It's it's not a Commander card, no. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a powerful card, of course. But uh, I'm hoping that this uh, the, the price of the card will uh, drop to, I don't know, 20 to 30 euros. It's, it's, I, I looked it up today. It's, I think, about 26 now, yeah. the Double Masters version. Yeah. Maybe, but... But the set isn't uh, isn't, isn't released, yet, released yeah. yet. So uh, maybe it will when be. people open it and and draft it, mm. and it maybe will get cheaper. It, it certainly will get cheaper. I think it will uh, get into the 20, ah. 20 euro range. Yeah, um, and mm. I'm, I would be really happy to pick up uh, a couple copy copies of the card to finally uh, finalize my test deck um, that I wanted to play for quite a long time in Legacy. As I'm uh, quite a Storm aficionado, I always played Ant, but of course Ant is not the best version of Storm, I think, right at the now. moment. Yeah, uh, Tess looks uh, just better, but uh, for me, Moxapol was always the card that uh, kept me from playing uh, Tess. Um, so I'm looking forward to for that. And of course, the, the big, the big second card is just Goblin Guide. Oh uh, yeah, oh, have, yeah. Goblin have, Guide. <laughs> we should mention that um, we have um, we are a community that are always present at uh, the MKM series. Uh, at, at least we try to. At least we try to. And one big uh, must uh, go to um, is of course Prague. And we shall see you there. By burning out your faces, then <laughs> <laughs> at least in a trial. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, prepare your. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so, so these are the two cards you want to get. Yeah, I need them. Uh, that's for sure. I, I've got my goblin, goblin guide. <laughs> 
so you're, you're ready to go to Prague I'm ready to go to Prague next year. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I have a, a little bit longer list yeah. because I want to um, get some places done. The, yeah. um, the most important things for me are the Noble Hierarchs. Yeah, they're so cheap now. It's incredible. Yeah, they're so cheap and I need them. They are the only um, expensive, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, mm -hmm. um, things that uh, that I need for Maverick. Okay, yeah. I have everything else so, really? uh, be, besides the Gears Cradle, but you yeah, don't I, I really need the Gears Cradle. Yeah, it's I, great. I, I to think have, most builds play a one of. Uh, yeah, one of. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think you could. But do it's one gear cradle versus four nobles, yeah. and you certainly need four nobles more of than course. the one of, course, yeah. one of gear cradle. You could get behind without. Uh, yeah, you okay. you certainly can't play the deck without nobles. Yeah. Uh, another one is my fourth blood moon that I need. Okay. Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. uh, I need. Three Death Shadows, probably, and also Exploration would be great. I'm not uh, yeah. sure how uh, how expensive they are it's now. still between, I don't know, 10 or 15. Okay, that, that's, that's totally reasonable and totally great, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Maybe it, it will be below 10 after the set will come out, but I'm not sure. Yeah, there, so this is what I'm going to get. Mm. Um, also wanted to Toxic Deluge because um, I think they went for 10 to 15 euros yeah. um, and that was always a little bit too much for me I, I haven't thought uh, I never thought they were that the, the, the price tag yeah. was justified so yeah. I'm really excited for this um the next thing, uh, my list is really a little bit longer. Yeah, for Invigorate, because maybe I will play oh, yeah, Infect. Infect action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think that was for the colorless, uh, for the colored cards. Then I need four meddling mages. Oh yeah. For Espavile, uh, uh, because the deck is uh, so great. That's so cool, mm -hmm. value machine. I'll, I'll have to add Medding Mage <laughs> to my list as well, yeah. I need the card as well, yeah. I forgot about it. Mm. And also for Balefruit Strix. That's, all, that's also a card that was always... I think 2 to 3 euros. I mm. think It was not that It expensive. was not Maybe really Maybe 3 or 5, I'm not sure. But <laughs> each euro... Uh, each row that you that you that you can uh, save yeah. that you can save can you put into other cards so yeah, yeah, you get course. more for your more bang for your buck. Um, then just uh, a sort of light and shadow and a sort of feast and f uh, famine to round up my swords for death and taxes. Mm -hmm. Also, I need chrome boxes. I only have two. Also, I want the the mox opals. <laughs> funny funny side note here um i've won the la this year or last year this year L last year i think uh when did mox opal get banned <laughs> I, I think this year uh, i'm not sure now wow um <laughs> uh, what uh, uh okay it's it's 
It doesn't matter when, but... You can look it up. <laughs> when yeah, I... but what did you win? Uh, the, the... I think the... Open here. With... with is it? Yeah, with Smartu Pyromancer, yeah. Was it... Uh, uh, le it was Legacy. It was Legacy, yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. And uh, I won the, the Mox Opal. It was a Friday. So I won the Mox Opal as the, as the prize. It was uh, January, yeah. Yeah, it was year. January. I won the Mox Opal uh, as a prize. And two days later, it got banned. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't but sell it. No. But it still retained some value. So No, it's, it's totally okay. It's I, fine, mean, yeah. I mean, it dropped down to 20 to 25, I think. Really? For, for two to three ah, days. I should have bought them at this time. Yeah. I also Definitely. thought about buying yeah. in, a, but I thought it would crash even lower, mm. but it didn't. So it even rose back up to 40. Yeah. So oh. I have to buy them now. And I think that was it. I'm not sure if I need anything else. Um, maybe Trinisphere one or two of, uh, or some explosives, explosives. but they're really cheap now and Rounding up my walking ballista playset, but yeah, this the set is simply so great. It yeah, has so much value. Um, really happy for that set to be. But I will yeah. just maybe I crack open one or two boosters mm -hmm. just for the feeling because yeah. sometimes I like to just throw money into the bin <laughs> because for me uh, opening boosters is, is always just losing money yeah um, but in, in this time because this is so stoked I will probably get one or two just for the experience and the rest will certainly be singles mm -hmm. so if you wanna uh, if you wanna try out legacy or wanna uh, want uh to make the transition from another format. Now is the time. Get your staples. Um, yeah. A great, a great... Uh, start brewing also. Yeah, for sure. Start yeah. brewing. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Should so, we uh, mention how we can find ourselves? Yeah, you can. You can find our mm -hmm. show on yeah. on Twitter most of uh, mostly. So our Twitter handle is response underscore at response underscore legacy, mm -hmm. and you can find me on Twitter at finek mtg p h i n e k mtg. And Daniel, yes, uh, you can find me uh, at my website, of course, greatness at dannycost.com, um, or on Twitter at flyingdelva. And if you you can also email the show uh, the show directly. Yes. Um, the email address is in dash response at gmx dot at. Yes. So, if you have any questions or any topics you want to discuss, just email us directly, or or All DM us on Twitter. Yeah. Also, just general feedback. And also general feedback is also very appreciated. Yeah, we. We needed to improve our show, yeah. Yeah, to be better podcasters. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the show. It yeah. was certainly longer than we thought. Yeah, I thought could. it would be shorter, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even without uh, Peter this time. But next time it will um, be 
again here with us. Here with Next us. time we will have a special guest again. Yeah. And we will be... We will announce that in a later time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned. Yeah. And bye. In response, the end. <laughs>